we're in a series uh, brand new today called Bless This Home, and you're on week one. This is like the pre-series. I know a lot of you guys are like, man, usually you start a series on the first Sunday of the month. We, we're going to do a little, it's, this is like the pre-sermon to the, to the series. And so we're going to talk about Bless This Home. I was outside yesterday. Um, we come here at five o'clock every single Saturday and we set up this environment for people to come and hear about Jesus and we hang out and so we can, this, these, these mats don't get here by themselves, these chairs don't get here by themselves, all the lights and the stage and all the stuff that we do. We come in on Saturdays at 5 p.m. and if you're like, man, I want to be a part of that, let us know. We can always have more people involved with us as well and we have fun, we hang out. And so we were here yesterday and before we got started, I got here a little bit early and I started bringing some stuff in and one of our friends came out and, and uh, she's a, her, her son... Uh, plays football. Um, he plays for the Air Force. He used to be here at the school at Western High School, and now he's um, at, at a different thing, place playing school. But his daughter, her daughter plays soccer, and uh, she plays for the Orlando City's club team, and she plays every single Sunday. But man, I miss you. Where have you been at? Where have you been at? And she goes, we've been so busy. My son plays out on, at, on, the, on the East Coast, and we're here, and we're traveling. My daughter's going to rehab, and we're just all over the place. We're so, so busy. I'm like, well, come back. We miss you here. We want you to be here. We want this place to be a home that people, man, I, I miss being at home. For me, I, I like being at my house. How many of you guys, you, you'd rather be at home than out? That's you. You're like, you'd rather be at your house. How many of you guys, you want to be out, out and about, people hanging out, hitting night scene up? I don't know. You can put your hands down. Some of you guys are like, oh, um, I don't know where you like to go at and like to hang out at, but how many of you, you, you like to go and you like to be at places? And I like to be at my house. I'm gone all day long. I'm out and hanging out with people, but I like to be at home. I like my couch. When people come to my house for a community group, they're like, is this your chair? I'm like, I don't have a chair. I just like to be somewhere in my, anywhere in my house is fine. I'll sit on the floor. I don't care. I just like being in my, in my home, in my home. And so I want to talk to you today about the home. Not about your home today. Um, we're going to talk about that for the next few weeks, the next few uh, weeks coming up. I want to talk about this place and this church home. The, the, I'm going to talk about Hope Church today, and, and, and probably even bigger than Hope Church, I want to talk about you and everywhere you go. Have you ever been at a place where you go to a restaurant, and you, maybe you're a friendly person, and you're, you start a conversation with your server, but you can't get rid of her? Like, she like just, she's a hover server? Like, she's always there, she's always hanging out with you, and you're like, I just want to eat my meal. If you wouldn't mind, go serve another table, but... They like you so much, they want to hang out with you. Does that make sense? You, are, you, are you gathering me? Like, they just want to hang out with you because they feel like a sense of, of home. Or if you ever hug someone, to, you ever hug someone, you give them a hug, you're like, oh, man, this, this, feels like, this feels like home. And it's hard sometimes for us to get a good picture of the home because some of us come from broken homes or some of us come from hard homes or dysfunctional homes and dysfunctional homes. But I want to give you a little help today. If you live in a home, it's dysfunctional because <laughs> you're there. <laughs> And because I'm there, the Bible uses the word, Bible doesn't use the word dysfunctional, but the Bible uses the word sin. We're all sinners. Because we're sinners, houses are dysfunctional. Everyone, if, if you're here today in your house, everyone gets along 24% of the time, then you guys are robots. It's just not reality. So if you're like me, if you're in here today, like, oh, they're going to talk about homes and I don't have a good home. Everyone has a broken home. Everybody has things at their house that are broken physically and figuratively. If I go to your house and you say, hey, don't go in that room. Yeah, don't worry about that. If you go to my house today, I'll, here's, I'll, I'll give you guys a little, you, half of you guys have been to my house, but here's what happened from, for me. We moved into this house, and we moved out here, and, and um, I, my wife said, oh, we need to touch up some of those spots in the house. So, I, of course, babe, I got that. I can't do much, guys, Dukes, I can't do much, but I can paint. I'm not going to lie. I can, I can roll, 
I hate to cut in. Usually I invite Kelly and Scott over to come over and help me cut in, but I don't mind rolling. I, I can roll all day long. I can be a professional painter. I, I don't mind rolling. So I went, and got, I went out to the garage, and I walked out in the garage, and I looked at the, looked at the paint selection that the, that the previous homeowners left there, and there's four colors of gray there. Not 50 shades, but there was four colors. There was four colors of gray. Some of you guys are like, what happened? There was four colors of gray right there. And I'm like, no big deal. I don't know, Diana. It just came out. <clears throat> it's only bad if you make it bad. I didn't make it bad. There was just four. Some of you guys are like, just push through it, Wes. <clears throat> There's four colors there. So I grab a paintbrush, and I get the paint out, and I shake it up and get a brush. I walk in the house. I, I was like, I got this. My mother-in-law was there. I, she, she remembers it. I got sick of dying. Tell me, when are you going to do that? When are you going to do that? When are you going to do that? And guys, if your wife asks you to do something, you ought to just get up and do it. It, it, it. it saves some time and energy. So I waited for her to ask me about 50 times, you know. And eventually I got the paintbrush. And I go in there and I'm walking around like, and I'm painting. I'm, I'm got it. And then I looked around and it starts to dry. And I'm like, oh, it doesn't look right, but it's going to dry fine. Diana's there, her mom's there. And you know you got to be on your best behavior when your in-laws are there. Or at least you should. If you don't, you should. And so I'm there and I'm like, dang, that's, I, I'm pretty positive that's the right, right gray. And my wife, she don't want to, you know, we have, we have, you know, we have um, arguments sometimes, it's safe to say, but, but she don't like to have in front of people. I just like to have in front of people. Just, it's safer that way, you know, and no one can get hurt that way, you know. So I'm like, so she looks at me that look like you are, what is wrong with you? And I'm like, you've. The same problem I have today, I had 11 years ago when we, you know, when we got married. But, so I'm like, that's wrong. But no big deal. There's three more shades out there. So I go grab the paint bucket. And, man, I go around the whole entire house. Diana goes, stop. I go, babe, there's only two more colors left. Why wouldn't I? So I grab the bucket up. And, but this time I got smarter. I'm like, I'm just going to get, I'm not going to go around. I'm just going to just work on this one area. That way I can. So I grab it. And you know the story. <laughs> there was no more all that. I stopped. Man, if you come to my house today and you sit in my living room and you sit on the, on the, on the couch, the, the love scene, you look up, you're going to see a little color discoloration <laughs> on that wall. And if you go to leave my house and you go right down that wall right there behind the, the single chair, you're going to see a little bit of there. If you go into my dining room, you'll see a little bit of that. Well, they painted the house like three or four different colors of gray. It was awesome. We loved it when we moved in. But now we've got some accent spots. <laughs> All across, I feel like I was like, I was like releasing my inner art artist, you know, and so I quit. And so eventually I'm, I was like, babe, that's not right. I know. I'm sorry. Too late. So then I had to go. Now I've, I've got to man up and go to Lowe's now. But if you bring a little spot of the color, it matches it up at Lowe's. And so I took a little spot and I go into Lowe's. I said, here you go. And they said, that's not big enough. So I'm like, dang it. But nonetheless, if you go to anyone's house, it's not going to be perfect. It's not be perfect. This church will never be a perfect church. But, man, I for sure want us to be a loving church. And a church that loves people and that hangs out with people and that pours into people's lives. And we have those stories that we saw on the screens today. We want to see so many more lives that are changed. But I was telling this, this lady that um, is a part of our church, I just said, you know, we want this place to be. We want God to bless this home. We want when people come here to feel like this is a, this is a good home. This, it feels good here. I like it. If I walk in your house today, there's a good, good chance that if I go to somebody else's house, I'll be too cold. But if there's some of you guys, I can go to your house, and I'd be too hot. My, my house, is the temperature is just right. It feels good. My refrigerator is just the way I want it to be. The, it, it's, it's, it has the, if I go to your house, you may have the, a selection of drinks that I don't like. But in my house, the selection of drinks is perfect because it's my home. 
And I want when people come here, they feel like, man, this is, this is home. Man, this is, this is really home. And so I want to talk to you guys today. And if you've been a part of our church, you know that we don't give good suggestions. We just give God's word for, for what a home looks like. And so in, Matthew, in Mark chapter, I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 12, if you have a Bible today, um, if you don't, super cool, it'll be on the screen. I want to read to you two, um, two texts today, um, two passages of scripture, and then I want to give you something that I think can maybe help you with you and as you live, and things going to help this church. Things going to make this church different. Things going to make this church a home, not just a church, but it, it's an actual place where people can feel like, oh man, this is home. And I don't want it to be home in here. I want where people, when people come around, you want to feel like, man, that it feels like home around them. Today, my brother and I were talking about, my brother said, hey, I saw Michelle. I'm like, Michelle, who needs like the mayor? And, and Michelle, if you know Michelle, they, in Winter Garden, they call her the mayor of Winter Garden. And so Layton's like, man, but it, you, you get around Michelle, you just feel like, man, she's just, she's always smiling. She's always, she's always happy. And you want to get around people. And when people come around, you just feel like, oh, man, I'm at, I'm at home. I'm at, I just feel like I'm, I feel, I feel safe and I feel encouraged and I feel inspired to be around this person. But if you have a Bible, Mark, Matthew chapter 12, verse 46. This is an awesome, awesome story, and we're going to roll out of it into another story. But in Matthew and Mark and Luke, the same exact scripture is in all four of these books. Now, the book of Matthew here and Mark, this is known as the Gospels. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, it's the Gospels. And these are, this is the life of Jesus. If you, if, and our church wants people to be like Jesus. And if you want to be like Jesus, just read Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. You can see what Jesus did. You can see where Jesus went. You can see what Jesus said. And that's the life of Jesus, and you can see that. And so we see here in, in this story here in Matthew chapter 12, verse 46, the Bible says this. Jesus was talking to a crowd, and his mothers and his brothers stood outside asking to speak to him. And someone came in and said, hey, are you Jesus? And they knew who it was. He said, Jesus, your, your mother, your mama, and your brothers are outside, and they want to speak to you. And Jesus said something that's so profound today. And you know, you know, a lot of times in Jewish culture, they would answer questions with questions. It's weird. I'm glad we don't do that. I don't, I'm glad when I walk up to you, say, hey, how are you today? And you would say, oh, hey, what's your mom's name? You know, that would be weird, you know. And last week in our junior high environment, our sixth to eighth grade environment that meets on the second and the fourth Sunday during this hour, they played a game called the question game. And all you do is fire questions back and forth at each other. Well, that's how it worked in, the, in, the, in, the, in, the, in the, this Jewish culture. And so he says to them this question right away. He goes, Who's my mom? And who are my brothers? Seems like a silly question. If you walked up to me and hey, your mom and dad want to talk to you, I would say, oh, my mom. I know my mom wants to talk to me. I know who my dad is. If you say your brothers are here, I would know my brother Layton's here today. My sisters are here, Brooke, Brittany, and Brecca. I would know who my brothers and sisters are. I know who my brothers and sisters are. You know who your brothers and sisters are. And Jesus says, who's my brother and who's my sister? And then Jesus answers his own question. Then he pointed to his disciples and said, you see these guys here? These are my mothers, and these are my brothers. Anyone who does the will of my Father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. Jesus, who's my, who's my family? I, I want to tell you my family. My family is anyone who does the will of my Father, anyone who does what God has called them to. That's my brothers, and that's my sister. In this room in here today, we're, if you're a follower of Jesus, and you're my brother and my sister, and people say, hey, is that your brother and sister? Are they doing the will of my father. I read this scripture a while back in my life, probably two, three years ago, and I just decided my family was going to be my family, my blood's my blood, and I can't take that away, but my family was going to be whoever did the will of my father, whoever wanted to do what God called them to do. And I grew up in church, and I've heard people say, do God's will, do God's will, do God's will, and I've been in church enough time to know that most people do not know what God's will is, because I didn't. 
I'm like, that's a simple. It sounds simple. I want to do God's will. I want to do God's will. I have no idea what God's will is, Wes. What's God's will? And you're asking that question today. And I ask myself the same exact question. In Mark chapter, I'm going to flip over some of Matthew. The very next gospel is the book of Mark. I want to read to you guys today what God's will is for your life and for my life. And whenever you and I are doing God's will, whenever you and I are doing what God's called us to do, then we're his brothers and we're sisters. Then we're his family. And we're going to be this, and then God can bless the home that's doing what God has called them to do. God can bless that home. I mean, people often say, man, I want God to bless my home. I can ask you the question, are you doing God's will? Because typically wherever God's will is, God is there. If you're doing God's will, God is there. If your home is being blessed, it's because probably it's because God is there and you're doing God's will. But so much of the time in life, we want God to bless us, but we aren't doing what God's will is for our life. We're typically doing one or two things. We're trying to find God's will or we're running from God's will. We're trying to do God's will or we're typically in one of those two places. So you find God blessing and you find people, man, God's really blessing their home. That's a person that they're just doing God's will. Does that mean things are perfect in their house? Absolutely not. Does that mean tragedies aren't still happening in their home? Absolutely not. But you can go through tragedy and still be blessed. You can be blessed and, 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 and be lost still too, though. Some of you guys are like, man, God's blessed me. I, I don't know why. We can be being blessed, but we don't even see it. And so I want to ask you the question today. Is in your house doing God's will? And you would ask me back the question, well, what is God's will? In Mark chapter 12, Jesus gives us his will. Mark chapter 12, verse 28, the Bible says this. One of the teachers of the religious law was standing there listening to the debate. There was a debate going on. And he realized that Jesus had answered well. So he asked him the question, of all the commandments, God, of all the all things that you've called us to do, what is the most important thing we're supposed to go out and do? And man, I, I want to make church simple. I want to make church simple. So many people come to me all the time with, man, is, are we allowed to do this in church? Are we allowed to do this in church? Are we allowed to do this in church? I'm like, man, church, we make church so complicated. And typically, I was telling a friend right before church, a lot of times church has hijacked some things that aren't bad. And we said God said they're bad, but we've said it enough times, so not everyone thinks it's bad. Does that make sense? Like, oh, God says you can't do that. And so, I mean, for me, here's a good example. I grew up in church. I would never, the church I grew up at, I would never wear this to church. <laughs> they would escort me out, you know. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. They let me in there because they kind of know me. But I, I for me, I wore, I wore a shirt and tie every single day of my life to church, every single Sunday. You're like, you wore a tie? <laughs> yeah. Shirt tucked in. And the style back then was just ratchet back then. It just, it was cool then. But now looking back, I'm like, that was an ugly tie. <laughs> And uh, I wore a shirt tucked in, man. I would tucked in, and man, I wish go go find me on Facebook, and you can see. So I, I used to have a high and tight, man. I used to have that thing. I used to have this big, beautiful, curly hair, and I'd have I had the kid and play flat top one at one season, and that thing was just skin fade up to the top, and that thing would just it was so the curls were so tight. I would just put some gel in that thing, and it would just sit up there looking good. And I thought I was I thought I was so cool. I had pleats in my pants. I'm glad pleats went out. If you're wearing pleats, I'm not judging you. Just for me, I just, it, just, it wasn't my thing. And so I had, I had these pleats in my bed. I thought I was so cool. I had these shoes on. They were the cheaper version of the expensive ones. You know what I'm saying? Like they weren't like, they were probably Walmart or Cameron. But I loved them, Derek. I loved them. I thought I was so cool. I, I wanted to look the best so I could. And my, 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 the church I grew up said, oh, God said you're supposed to wear your best at church. Well, the problem was I got, in the, I got old enough. I'm like, I'm going to find that in the Bible. And eventually, you got to know what you believe. And so I, I flip the Bible, and I'm like, find where you're best to church. Where, and I'm like, maybe it's, in the new, maybe it's in the front half of the Bible, the Old Testament. 
and I couldn't find it. Because, but I realized that, we're going to talk about this in just a moment, but I realized that God says that we are. We are the church. we got to give our best to God, but that isn't talking about what you wear. I don't, I'll be honest with you, Jesus is not caring what you're wearing today. Now, the person next to you, you might have put that on, so the person next to you thought, man, they're looking, they're looking good. And let, we'll be honest with you all there. Maybe you put an alpha on and say, you're like, because when I walk, when I put my foot out of that car on the YMC, I want people to say, dang, that is, that's fresh. That looks good. And so I, I realized that God is looking, God is not looking at what, God is not looking at the outside. But we've taken some things and we've, we've hijacked them. But we've got to know what God's will is for our life. It's not what someone told you. It's got to be come from this book here. What God's will for your life is, it's got to come from this book. So Jesus says here, hey, guys, um, religious people, what is uh, Mark chapter 12? He says, Jesus replied, and the most of commandment is this. Listen, people, listen up. The Lord our God is the one and only Lord. And you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and all your strength. The second is equally important. Love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these. He gave them two commandments and said none of these commandments is greater than these. Because they're married to each other. The great commandment is two things, but they're married together. They're really, God said, these are the, these are, this is the big idea. I want you to grab these two things. So, Wes, what is God's will? If I want God to bless my home, Wes, I want, I want to do what God's will is, Wes. What is God's will for my life? I'm going to give you what God's will is for your life. It's following his commands. Wes, what are his commands? I'm going to tell you what his commands are. I'm going to put a little bit of packaging around him. I want to send you out with following God's command. I want you to follow God's will for your life. And if you're here today, and we have a lot of kids in here today, and they're doing great, and they're locked in. That's awesome. I love that. If you're here today, and you want God to bless your home, if you have kids, or if one day you want to have kids, or one day you want to be married, or one day you, you want things to be a certain way, then you've got to get, start getting place in your life where you're living out God's will. Because here's the deal, you want to marry someone and you want to do life with someone, you want your kids to do something, you want to be relationally connected to people who are doing God's will for their life. I want to be around people that are doing God's will. If you start doing God's will for your life, you want to be around people that are doing God's will. If you see me anywhere out, if I'm with people, you'll, most likely those people that I'm around, they have a desire to do what's God's will for their life. Because I have a desire to do my will for life. Or if you see me hanging out with people, I'm hanging out with them because I, I want to be around them because they want to do what God's will is for their life. I hung out with Dustin. Um, he had a surprise birthday party, and I was the decoy guy. And um, it stinks being the decoy guy. I actually got in more trouble being the decoy guy. And here's how I'll tell you. I'm gonna, I give you full disclosure. I got Dustin. I went and hung out for about an hour and a half, and I brought him back to his house. and dropped him off. He walked in. Surprise. It was awesome. It was cool. I got... The only bad thing about decoy guys, you don't get to see the surprise. You just drop them off and pretend like I was leaving. I had to pull around and, and come back in. But he walked in. I walked in the house. He goes, bro, you got me. I'm like, oh, cool. He goes, I'm out of you. He goes, I thought you want to hang out with me just because you want to hang out with me. <laughs> and I was like, I did-ish. You know, like, you hung out with me because you wanted to give my wife some time to get the house ready. I'm like, all right, I'm guilty. But did we have fun? Yeah. But when we're together, Dustin and I, we both want to do what God's will for life. So we spend time talking about what's God's will for his life and his, and his wife's life. And he said, well, how are you? He said, Dustin, well, how are you doing? Dustin, tell me, about, tell me what you're struggling with. And I said, hey, man, here's what I'm struggling with at church. And here's what, here's what I think is going well. Here's what I want to do better. And here's what I, I'm not doing good at. And he, and he talked to me. He said, man, he, Dustin said to me, now we're, this, now we're like eye to eye now. It used to be I was bringing him along. Now he's like, how's your marriage? I'm like, I married you. You don't ask me how my marriage is. 
And he's like, how's your marriage? And I'll say, hey, here's what I'm struggling with. Here's what I want to be better with. And here's what, I'm, here's what I've not done well at the last X amount of time. And so we begin to have those conversations because we both want to do what God's will is. So here's what God's will is for your life. Number one, that God, would, God wants you to, to love God with your heart. He wants you to love God. God if your God's going to bless your home, that's going to be a, God that, a home that God blesses is a home where they, you, you love God with your heart. You would love God with your heart. And um, I, I added the part, I, I added the heart there too, because I think for so much and in, in, in so much of our, our lives, we've got to the place where, like, man, I love God. And we can love God with our statements. And loving God with your heart is different than loving God with your, loving God is with your heart than loving God with what you say. Because I realize this, you can ask a lot of people, hey, do you love God? And they can say, yeah, I love God. I love God. No problem. I love God. I love God. But God wants to, my question is, do you love God with your heart? Because here's what the Bible tells us. The Bible tells us this, Psalms 139, verse 1. Oh, Lord, you have examined my heart, and you know everything about me. God knows your heart. Does God know that you love him with all your heart? The next verse I want you to look at, 1 Samuel 16, verse 7. But the Lord said to Samuel, don't judge by his outward appearance or height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not see things the way you see them. People judge by the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at your heart. Does God know that your heart, that your heart belongs to him? Dustin and I spent some time talking together. He missed church last week. He missed church last week because his grandpa had a, had a heart attack, and he had to have quadruple bypass surgery. And I don't know what that means. I do now because Dustin explained me what a quadruple bypass, but four quadrants of his heart were blocked up, and they had to go in and and do bypass, they take veins and arteries or whatever they take from you, and they use them to bypass the heart, to bypass the blockages. And I want you to know today that God wants your heart. He wants you to love with all your heart. When God has your heart, he has your whole entire life. God wants your heart. Does God want my actions, Wes? Sure, but if he has your heart, your actions are gonna be right. Does God want this, Wes? Sure, maybe he does, but God, what God ultimately, God wants your heart, because if God has your heart, he can lead you in direction. You know, you and I never, I, when I walk up to you today, I don't look at your heart because I can't see it. If I could see your heart, that'd be creepy. And if you come tonight for the fall festival, don't show up like with a heart. Like, hey, I want you to see my heart. <laughs> you know, like, like <clears throat> just, I'm big, I'm just a big heart. You know, like, <laughs> came as a heart. I don't see that. I can only see the outside. I can only see, and typically what I, what I see by, what I see on the outside is what I see. I don't really see your heart. But God sees your heart. And what God wants from, from, from all of us here today, God wants our heart. That's what God wants. If your heart's no good, the Bible tells us this. The, the Bible says that the heart is deceitfully wicked. If God doesn't have your heart, then everything else is going to just be going out, all out of control, out of place. You ever see those things? Um, you ever see those things when, when there's a grand opening, those bodies that go like this? It's the big air thing that shoot up in the air. We need one of those for our CrossFit gym, don't we, Lee? Like some people. But it's just like, you see them going like this. That's what we, when God doesn't have your heart, you're just walking around like this. How long is he going to do that for? I don't know. Do you get the point? You know, like, that's what we look like. If God doesn't have your heart, then we're walking around with two left feet in a circle. God wants your heart. And by the way, to love God with your heart, you have to know him. You have to put more of his word in your heart. You have to hide that word in your heart. You got to put that word in your heart. And the only way to put that word in your heart is through this book. It's in the book. Huh. That's all we got. Like if you go the whole week this week, guys, 
without reading this book, you're going to walk in here thinking, man, I can't, Wes, you're gonna, you're, what you're going to say is, I can't wait for Wes to give me a word from this book. That's what you're saying. I can't wait. And that's not bad. Some of you guys come for that because you're like, I don't know how to read the Bible. There's a gazillion translations now. Just read one verse a day and hang on to it. You don't got to be some super spiritual person to read the Bible. I'm not. There's a version of the Bible for some of you guys in here today. And for some of you guys, I mean me, like there's a translation called the message translation. It's written about elementary level. And it's such a great trans, it's such a great paraphrase. I love that. I read it so well. If you're like, man, I'm trying to find something that I can understand. We'll get that one. This is what I preach from you guys today. I'm about to make some of you guys offended, but it's written at a high school level. Because that's where we're at. <laughs> Not you, me. Like, I need the elementary version, but there's people that are mature. So I, I, I kind of meet halfway. I give them the high school version. This word will change your life. If you, don't, if you go all week long and not read this book, it's hard for God to have your heart because if you don't, if you don't know him, it's hard for him to have your heart. I love Jeannie. I don't know Jeannie well, but the more I hang out with Jeannie, I, I, I can love things. I, love more, I can love more about Jeannie. I love her brother. I know more about her brother who's in the back row. I know more about because I've spent so much more time with Paul. Paul's been in my house. Jeannie's been in my house, but Paul's been in my house longer. And the more I know more about, I can love him more. I love Paul. And I love Jean. But I've known Shayna, Paul's wife, for eight, over eight years. I know all of her dysfunctions, and she knows all of mine. That's a long time. I love her. I love all three of them. But I know Shayna the most. If you want to love God, you've got to give him your heart. And the way for you to have him your heart is for you to know more about him. Moms and dads in here today, it would, be, it would do you well to find a Bible that you just read to your kids at night. The storybook Bible that we gave to James last week and um, we gave to um, Kelvin and Cindy. That last week. We want them to have the Bible so they can read. We want them to start reading the Bible into their kids' lives now. So that when they get my age, got less issues, you know. <laughs> and I have, and I, in our house, my mom, has, my, my mom and dad has one of those big old Bibles that sit on the coffee table. <laughs> And it was, I loved it. Mom and dad was great that you had that, but we weren't allowed to touch it. So like, it was kind of a problem. It's it kind of confusing, you know? Like, we got that Bible there. You guys don't touch that Bible. I'm like, was it Jesus' Bible? I mean, why can't we touch it? And some of you guys are laughing because you grew up in that same home. But the Bible's no good unless we hide it in our heart. Here's the second thing. God wants us to love God with our heart, but it's secondly, he wants us to love people with our actions. God wants us to love people with our actions. It's easy to see I love these people. I love Aaron, Aaron and Amy. Is that y'all's names? Aaron and Amy Clements. I forget. It all just blends in and I love them. I say I love them all the time, but Aaron said to me today, hey, my mom's moving into town. Can you help me move the U-Haul truck into, into the um, storage unit? No problem. We're in a community group together. Number, a good reason why you ought to be in a community group is that when you have to move stuff, you have people to help you. <laughs> That's like just a good reason. And uh, so Joe said to me, I, just, I like to help people. I was in a community group with Joe and just, I like to help people. I said, well, I'm gonna find out if Joe, likes to like pe- if Joe likes to serve people and love people. Because it's easy to say you love God. It's easy to say you love people, but loving people with your actions is different than saying I love it. I'm saying it and doing it is one of the things. So I brought Joe. I called Joe and I called a couple of other guys and the two other guys were busy and, and Joe, was, Joe was fair game. And he said, yeah, I'll do it. I got a couple of engagements in the morning, but we'll be there. And we got there uh, to the storage unit and we got, you know, so you know whenever you're in a hurry, 
you always get the most unqualified people to help you. You know, like it's their first time ever seeing. It's like the first time they ever had a, a customer come to them and ask them for help. You know, and so we had that guy. It took us, it took us faster to unload the truck than it did for that guy to help us. Is that, is that fair? Like that's not like, that's not like a pastor exaggeration. That's just real. But I found out that Joe loved people. And most of that, they had two storage units. Joe had this 24 foot truck packed into one storage unit. He just dug in, just, man, he stayed there and just worked. Hey, just keep bringing, keep bringing stuff in. I found out that he loves people. Joe and Shannon came to me a few weeks ago and they're in my community and said, we want to serve on Thanksgiving day. And so I'm like, yeah, it's great. You guys host it and you lead it and we're going to make it happen. And they're working it out. And I'm going to invite you to join in on the, on, on the journey with us as well. And so we're putting together a meal for homeless people in our city on Thanksgiving day. It's going to cost our church about 600 bucks. And um, I'm not asking you now, it's gonna cost about 600 bucks and it's gonna, it's gonna come from Cracker Barrel and we're gonna have to heat it up. And I'm gonna need four or five of you guys to say, I'm gonna heat it up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna drop it off on that day and stay and, and serve food to homeless people or just to drop it off because we're not gonna be able to heat it all up in, in their stove because it's gonna be, it's enough for 60 or 70 people and it's, we're gonna do an excellent job with it. But that's loving people. It's, it's loving people with your actions. Oh, I love people. That's great that you say that. But man, I wanna, I'm gonna take my Thanksgiving and I wanna go serve on my Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving is about family. I'm going to take my family and I'm going to go serve other people who don't have a family have Thanksgiving. That's loving people, church. And we're going to be a church that exists for loving people. You know, people are going to say, man, how, what, ladies, how are you going to make this church keep on going? We're just going to keep on loving people. We're going to keep on loving people. We're going to keep on loving people. We're going to help them love God. We're going to love people. We're going to help them love God. We're going to love people. We're going to help those people love God. And that's what we want to do. I told Frank's neighbor last, last week, I said, man, we would love to have your family at our church. Five families like you. And, I, and he said, he, he, that, was the end of, that was the last message. I want to have them because I want to love them. I want to help them introduce God. I want to love more people. And I want to introduce them to loving God. And I want to just keep that cycle going all across Winter Garden. Probably for as long as we live, I'll probably, as long as I'm at this church and as long as um, Lee and, and Lex are at our church, I'll probably will have a CrossFit reference every single Sunday, most likely. I, we went to this gym yesterday, to the CrossFit gym, and there's a guy that's friends with my sister, in the, in the CrossFit world, and they have a friend who's a cop that had a premature baby. And this, this guy that goes to our gym, um, his name is Vin, said to Lee, Lee, I want to do a thing at the gym where we raise money and we'll do exercises and we'll get people um, to, to give money and we'll do exercises and we'll raise money for this family that needs help with this premature little baby. What I loved about that, and here's, it's an indictment on the church, but I loved it too. When I walked into that gym, there was people from different CrossFit gyms. And the exercise got so big that one guy couldn't do it. It was about eight or nine guys and about eight or nine girls to do all the exercise. And it turned to a competition. Well, here's what I realized about CrossFit. If you walk into a CrossFit gym, as soon as you walk across that door, whether you're from a St. Cloud gym or you're from this, it's just one, it's just one fraternity. Is that, is that, it's just, they're just all together. It's just, we're all there together. And they weren't there for CrossFit that day. They were there to love, a, to put love into action. Because it wasn't a workout that they would normally do. This was a long workout. And they did a lot of stuff in a fast amount of time. It was competition. So it was probably a, a 50-minute workout that they slammed into 18 to 20 minutes. I left. I was tired of watching. I had to leave. Upside down push-ups, muscle-ups. I mean, it was intense. If Eloy's a CrossFit on the side, if he came, came into our gym and he walked in there, it's like, once you walk across the door, it's like, oh, we're all CrossFit. It's one big family. We got to put love into action. Vincent, I want to love these people well. 
And Lee said, yeah, this gym stands, this, I love the gym because it stands for loving people. Sure, we're working on it. I was lifting with a lady the other day right next to me. She's 15 years older than me. She was lifting more than me. 15 to 20 years older than me. She was lifting more than me. It was embarrassing. But she was pushing me and I was pushing her. And we're just, it's a family. I don't want, as a church, for people to sense family more at a CrossFit gym than they do being in this environment with us. Because I ain't the church. Did we pray before that event? Absolutely. Lee said, I wake up every day and I said, God, I surrender my life to you. I love that about Lee. I love that. But man, we're, it's a family. I don't want people to feel more like a family when they go to CrossFit gyms. Or when they go to people, you know why people join biker, biker clubs? And, because they want to be in a sense of family. That's why they do it. I don't want people to get all their sense of family and home outside of the church. And the way that that'll happen is if we love God with our heart, we say, God, I'm, I'm gonna give you my heart, guys. Surrender my heart to you today. Because when God has your heart, it's game over. We wanna give him our hearts. And when there's blockages, he can remove the blockages. And then we wanna move from loving God. When he has our heart, we're gonna, loving people won't be as complex as it sounds because when our heart is right, it leads our hands into the right direction. And we start loving people with our actions, not just our, our words. And I want us to be a church that loves people with their actions. It's easy to say I love Duke and give him a high hope high five. It's easy to say that. It's so easy. But if he calls me this week and says, hey, man, I have, I have a problem, can you? And so I want us to love people with their actions. I want us to love God with our heart. And I just believe that God can do some amazing things if we do that. I want to invite you to bow your head and close your eyes.